Hello, and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, a podcast that takes our favorite properties and reboots them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay, and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them. And this week, we are living for the weekend, because by popular demand, okay, well, by half popular demand, listen... (laughs) On the latest People's Choice poll, the People's Choice poll to fill the weird limbo between our 100th episode and our second anniversary Q&A, we decided let's put a People's Choice in there. And so on the poll, the two options that I would have spearheaded were going to be either The Weekenders or Monster Rancher. And it was a tie between The Weekenders and Monster Rancher. (laughs) So Tanner made the Solomon-like decision and went with... The Weekenders. Yay. So, The Weekenders was a popular animated series from Disney that started in the year 2000. It was about a group of four middle school friends, Tino, Carver, Tish, and Lore. And every weekend they would get into antics, I guess? Yep. It was extremely slice of life. I think it was one of the first slice of life-y series that Disney had. Mm Mm-hmm. Or the cartoons had. Usually the cartoons have some kind of arc- as far as I can tell, even Phineas and Ferb has an arc. Yeah, I think so. These ones were decently episodic? Yeah, the only time any sense of continuity was introduced was when it came to Tino's mom's dating life. Mm-hmm. Everything else was pretty in flux. Yeah, um, I think the number of brothers Lore had was um, always in flux. But, th- but that's an element of canon. <laughs> Lore <laughs> yeah. canonically cannot keep track of how many brothers she has. <laughs> I think at one point she says that two of them have the same name. <laughs> That's. I wonder if it's one of those like they just had like a crap ton of twins. <laughs> Do you remember the Octo Mom? <laughs> yeah, I remember the Octo Mom. Does anybody remember the Octo Mom? That was kind of a crazy thing. Look, multiple births can be genetic, but like. Octomom was just, ugh. Everything about that that episode was crazy. Not the episode of the series, just like this episode of pop culture involving a mother who gave birth to eight children. Anyway. <laughs> so, The Weekenders, it's the... It's Lace of Life. The, the, they live for the weekend. They do teen things, or yeah, they do preteen teen things on the weekend. They hang out at a pizza place. They go to an amusement park. They live near a beach. Uh, let's let's roll back to the pizza place because they don't go to a pizza place. Every weekend they go to a different pizza place because the pizza place is constantly rebranding. Yes. <laughs> like it's physically the same building on the same block, on the same corner. But for whatever reason, the owner of that place is like... What sort of theme will I do this week? And spins a giant wheel of novelty themes. Please, please tell me. Oh, good. There is a list on the Weekenders wiki of every episode's different pizza place. Okay. (laughs) Oh, there is no pizza place in the first episode. Okay. But then after that, we got Franken pizza. We got Mm -hmm. pizzas of eight, which is a pirate pizza. There's a Paris pizza. There's Pizza Knot, there's Warren Pizza, there's Pizza Pilot, there's Platypus Pizza, uh, hang on, puts on a hat, pay the Platypus Pizza! <laughs> pizza Emergency, 
Hula Pizza, The Great Wall of Pizza, Pizza Farm, Pizza of the Mind, Deep Dish Nine. <laughs> and those are just from season one. Like, any one of those themes would be interesting. But no, this owner has to... God, that must be expensive to remodel the place every fucking week. There's one that's there's one that's called You Won't Believe It's Pizza. <laughs> Just a permanent construction zone. You don't see all the drywall. They had one called Lord of the Pies, and I don't want to go there. Uh. <laughs> Actually, this, pl- this show had so many running gags, because, so yes, there was a pizza place, but there was also uh, one of the characters, Carver, has terrible penmanship. He once tried to write a girl a love letter, and it came out looking like a ransom note. <laughs> um, there's Tino's mom, who is always baking some horrifying health food thing. I remember one episode where the, the kids thought they were really savvy to it, so they were just eating what they thought were her snacks, and then she came out of the kitchen, and she's like, why are you all eating my pot scrubbers? <laughs> <laughs> and everyone shares a horrified look, and she's like, well, they're organic, so they probably won't hurt you. <laughs> um, the exact number of Lore's siblings ca- quoted, I, beca- I can never count them all. They're always moving around. <laughs> um, the Foods of the World exhibit at the local anthropology museum and the deadpan server's attempts at delivering cheery taglines in a monotone voice. Kos Kos, the food's so nice, they named it twice. <laughs> um, Tino's fear of clowns. <laughs> I mean, fair. Yeah. Look, after the uh, 2016 clown uh, scare, no. Oh no, Tino! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nobody fully recovered from that. They they did have a whole episode that delved into where Tino's fear of clowns came from, and then they talked about immersion therapy, and how you, you don't really shove someone into immersion therapy, but also how it works, and how it doesn't just completely deactivate the fear. Because they they trick Tino into going to clown classes, and eventually he agrees that he'll like sit in for one class, and then he comes out and he's like, "Well, they they still look freaky, but you know, I'm not going to shriek every time I see one." Yeah, it's baby steps. And then someone hands him a jack in a box, and clown pops out, and he shrieks, and it's funny. But also, uh, don't full force someone into a fear, rational or not. It's uh, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. I still can't be in the in the same room as a snake, so yeah. That's valid. I used to be really bad with snakes, and then everyone pointed out that they have, like, cat faces. I still can't. I was- I am not immune to snake snoot propaganda. <sighs> Pictures are <laughs> fine. But I've had too many, like, just fucking garter snakes just go boom in front of me and freak me the yeah. fuck out. Garter snakes have no concept of personal space. They need to take, um, what, what is it? C- manners lessons? <laughs> yeah. They need proper etiquette training. That's what it is. Etiquette training for snakes. Ugh. <laughs> <Sn-etiquette> training. <laughs> I mean, I'm the same way with spiders. Yeah, that's fair. Spiders are creepy. Yeah. And they seem to appear... Where you least expect them. Just do not cross this line. Do not dangle in front of my face. (laughs) So anyways, the Weekenders. Yes. It was a good fun show and one of the earliest examples of like a non-Japanese 
uh, slice of life series that didn't involve cute girls doing cute things. You know what? Now that you mention it, yeah. A lot of slice of life stuff came out of Japan. Japan codified slice of life before America even knew what the hell it was doing. Yeah. And it was mostly cute girls doing cute things. Yeah. Whereas in America, it's like every show has to be about saving the world. Or making out. Or making out while saving the world. Yeah, because any older and there would be so much relationship dynamic shit going on. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Uh, in my Weekenders reboot, they are in high school now. Okay, so they can do more stuff, including drama. Yeah, and th- there is going to be some relationship stuff. And hey, I, I will bite that one of the really nice things about the original show was that whenever the kids had any kind of relationship drama, it was always like, they're still going to put their friends first. And I would like to think in my reboot, my high school age reboot, if there's relationship drama, this now becomes more balancing the love life with the friends. Mm -hmm. You get into the situation of how best do I introduce my significant other to my friend group? Because if one doesn't like the other, well, sorry, but we're not dating anymore. These are the friends who have literally saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, anyways, the characters. Let's talk about the characters because it really is more, it's in the slice of life, it's more about the characters than any like plot. important plot stuff. So we have the, essentially the protagonist, but only because he's the one usually in charge of doing like a save by the Bell freeze frame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got Tino Tonatini, a deadpan snarker boy who lives with a single mom. Uh, Tino was almost revolutionary for children's media because his parents were divorced, but, like, they were still on good terms, and he was still on good terms with his dad. His dad wasn't any kind of deadbeat. Or, you know, just simply mysteriously out of the picture. Yeah, no, it was like, well, you you think of so many children's shows, or shows even now, where it's like, the parents are divorced, and daddy's coming for the weekend, but he now he can't come because of business or mistresses. And it's like, oh, your dad sucks. But at least you have a mother. Yeah. And and this one is like, hey, your dad's coming for the weekend. And now he's here for the weekend. And now he is your father for a little bit. And now he's gone because this is how divorced parents <laughs> with shared custody works. Mm-hmm. And, and then, like, the only time there's any kind of drama with that is, again, what, like I mentioned before, his mom does start dating another guy. And Tino does have a little thing of like, so do I consider you my new dad? What happens to my old dad? What What do I do now? And uh, how long are you going to be sticking around for, bud? <laughs> yeah, I think that was another thing. It was like he didn't want to get too invested because he didn't know how long he'd be sticking around. And then when it does look like uh, he might not stick around, he's like, oh, no, I scared him off. <laughs> Mom, I don't know if you noticed, but I was sort of trying to force you and Dixon together earlier. Huh? Really? Gosh, I didn't notice at all because my head was encased in a block of wax. <laughs> <laughs> Tino's mom is the best. Hey, another great thing the show did is that the adults are competent and involved in the children's storylines. Yes. No matter how eccentric or just odd they are yeah. they can be. Okay, well, if we're talking about eccentric parents, let's go over to Tish Katsufrakis, who's you. Uh except her parents <laughs> <laughs> Fucking crazy ass. <laughs> she's she's a little old fashioned. Um she does dress like a librarian. And she is the smart person in the friend group. Uh, her main difference is that her parents are from the old country. The non-specified old country. Non-specified, very Slavic country. Yeah. Um, then there was tomboy Lore McQuarrie, who we've mentioned before, has so many brothers. We don't know how many brothers. 
Hey, if you listen to the actual play show Sequinox, Lore is basically Shell, except as far as we know, Lore isn't trans. But if you has, have head can, trans headcanons for Lore, they all make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's uh, Carver Descartes. Carver Rene Descartes, the black <laughs> best friend. And yeah, like basically the show is snar- them starking at each other. Occasionally there's inter-friend drama or school drama. I remember an episode where Tino was caught crying when they were watching Romeo and Juliet. Which 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 version? <laughs> which version indeed? It's likely the the one with Leonardo DiCaprio where it he screams, "I am fortune fallen!" And then Tino has a single tear. <laughs> yes. Tino, I could relate to Tino because he was a very awkward, a little bit nerdy, and very emotionally vulnerable boy. And back then, I was a awkward, emotionally vulnerable boy, and so I projected onto him. And because I project, any I've decided new rule: every character I projected onto as a child, they're gay now. <laughs> yeah, I see. It. So in my high school continuation, which it would be updated for modern times. There'd be some social media and whatnot, even though at this point they would all be in their 30s if we followed a real timeline, but fuck a real timeline. <laughs> yeah. There's just nebulous social social media, like, back in the 2000s. <laughs> there was none social media. Social media really wasn't that big until, like, 2010. Yeah, and I got onto Facebook in grade 10. And it so was that's like this 2008. New- Yeah, so 2008, (laughs) so the late 2010. So yeah, you're right with saying, like, social media didn't really explode until 2010. And, like, when did Twitter come about? It was, see, I think Twitter was the heyday of social media. I was actually, I was watching a whole video essay by Billiam on Gossip Girl. Okay. And how Gossip Girl came out at just the right time as social media started to take off. Yeah. So, like, they could even... Even if the pe- the target demographic was busy on social media while they were watching the show, they would have the social like they would have Gossip Girl tweeting about the events of the show. So even when you weren't watching the show, you were watching the show. Like it basically invented simul blogging. Yeah, it's the only show that's ever gotten it right. Yeah, except for maybe you know what I'm gonna put that on the list. and We'll come back to it. <laughs> it's a different <laughs> different thing. <laughs> But no, so the Weekenders, yeah, basically for my reboot, I'm going to put them in high school, like freshmen in high school, Yeah, that mess. Yeah, still trying to figure stuff out, not quite old enough to get around to the car part. We'll definitely have, like, second season, they'd be old enough that they could start getting their learner's license. Hey, you know what's weird is that so few teen dramas have, like, episodes about learning how to drive, and back in the days of TGIF, there were so many learn how to drive the car episodes. Yeah. Like, fucking... Glee never had a learn how to drive episode. I had to write it myself in my fanfic. That's so weird. And you know what? Because Weekenders is owned by Disney, guess what we can show? Those old, like, 50s cartoons of Goofy demonstrating how not to get onto a a highway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god, you're right. Weekenders is Disney. Quick, someone put Weekenders in Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) Let's make make a Weekenders reboot solely so that they can go to a Kingdom Hearts themed pizza place. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically the idea of putting them in high school is that they can have a little bit more grown up situations, but also still try and keep the charm. The um, you've got the parents still being involved in helping the kids with stuff. 
The kids are still focusing on their friend group. It's fucking revolutionary that none of them dated within the friend group. I don't even think there was an episode where they considered it. Yeah. Like. I like that. All, all outside onlookers considered the four of them a platonic group. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure getting into high school, someone gets drunk and accidentally makes out with someone else, and the next they're like, oh god, I'm so sorry, that was the beer. I've never had beer in my life. Yes. I've never even looked at a beer. <laughs> uh, maybe we can do an accurate teen party, which is usually awkwardly sitting around and talking over loud music. Yeah, and then someone puts in Jackbox and you just play Jackbox until 2am. Yeah. <laughs> Oh god, teens have more energy. They can stay up all night. Yeah. Tino Tino drinking is probably gonna be like Buffy drinking in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where like <laughs> every time she'd take a swig of something, she'd pause and then she'd just go, blah. Oh. Yeah. Cause to be fair, alcohol is an acquired taste. You gotta get over the burning. And you acquired it way earlier than I did. Um the fruity stuff is a lot easier to drink because fruit flavored. Exactly. Um, beer, yeah. Um, IPA. God, it's like the basic bitch of beers. Like it's the <laughs> pumpkin spice latte of beers. <laughs> but it's got this massive hurdle that is how hoppy can we make this? Because the more hops you add, the less drinkable it is. <laughs> I swear. I want beer I can chew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's ancient beer. Ancient beer was practically porridge. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm just thinking of a comedian once who was talking about uh, getting a, a real pint of Guinness at the <laughs> pub. And it was like, that, that doesn't have a head. That's white stuff on top is just mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You have that in the morning along with your potatoes and then you can work in the field all day and you don't have to eat for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I can't drink beer. I need to have a free drink. Oh gosh, I remember one time uh, I was putting a customer through at the store and you, you know the, the bubbly sparkling water, the, the Buble bubbly? Yeah. Bubbly spark sponsored by Michael Buble? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So... Uh, I was putting a 12-pack of those through for a customer, and she's like, have you ever tried those? And I say, no, I haven't. I prefer the, the ice brand uh, flavored water. And she's like, oh, well, these are terrible, but they taste great when you put vodka in them. Ah, yes. So now I'm thinking, hmm, got a whole bunch of these sparkling ice-flavored waters. I should put some vodka in these. Yeah. And just fucking destroy myself. <laughs> yeah, just straight vodka, because vodka doesn't really taste like anything. Jen Kersen... Kersen of Oppo put it best. Vodka is just pain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so what if it's an episode where the four of them are just trying to figure out what kind of alcohol they like, and so <laughs> it's... <laughs> they break into their families. No, uh, no, I'm, I mean, maybe, but no, I'm thinking, you know in Mean Girls, where Amy, the Amy Poehler mom is like, do you want something to drink? Because if you're gonna, I'd rather do it in the house. That's absolutely what Tino's mom would be doing, except yes. she'd play it straight. And it's like, okay, the four of you are gonna go to a party where there'll definitely be alcohol because they're all idiot upperclassmen. 
So I, I'm going to. I went to the liquor store. I've. I'm illegally supplying you all with booze. You are not to leave this house. That's actually something that my parents would do, because okay, I've said this before. Both of my parents were raised on farms. Booze is just a thing. <laughs> like Kavik season, the veterinarian survived on whiskey. I don't know how. When you're on the farm, you don't need a white claw to say there's no laws. <laughs> yeah, but like the general, uh, the general thing was like, yeah, people just drink, but it's best if you keep it contained to your house. Say you start drinking at sixteen or seventeen, as long as the parents are there and can save your ass and also like cut you off when you're when it's clear, like, hey, you're being a bit too loopy. Yeah, that's good. Also, having adults around who have good alcohol habits instills good alcohol habits into younger people. You yeah. get less binge drinking. Um, so let's see. Let's break down what kind of drunks the four would be. Tino would be a weepy drunk. <laughs> Tino's in the corner nursing an apple's tea. He's like, I just love my friend so much. <laughs> um... Tish is the is the sleepy drunk. Yeah, because she's me. <laughs> yes, she, like she's half asleep, like r- like murmuring the entire like <laughs> the the manifesto that got nailed to the church. Oh, the uh, ninety five thesis. <laughs> yeah, Gets just drunk every complaint Martin Luther had against the Catholic Church. Yeah, and she's fair. just muttering them all under her breath as she's half asleep in a yes. different corner. And then Carver and Laura are the two who, like, after a certain drunk point, they're like, it's time to party. Yes. Oh, what would they be doing? Either super intense, super competitive Jackbox. (laughs) (laughs) At some point, Laura would suplex Carver. Yes! (laughs) They would play, like, Wii Bowling or something, and yeah, the the points... You didn't know that the points could go that high. <laughs> <laughs> or they start playing Just Dance. <laughs> <laughs> Pull out the old DDR mat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so drinking. Also, Tino, Tino's a gay. Yes. I, I don't know if he comes out right at the beginning of the series, or it's something that happens later on, or it happened before the series started. But at some point, he finally realizes, I like boys. Yeah. Just the, uh, the the main thing being, he has no idea how to flirt. Yeah. This poor child. Yeah, he's the neurotic one, so I can see I can see him overthinking flirting. Yeah. He has a spreadsheet. <laughs> oh God, yes, he is. The, Tino is you. Yeah. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am the worst when it comes to coming up with ideas for how to date because um i think i'm cursed when we could go out in public again i personally feel like you should pursue women <laughs> i feel i i just <laughs> i feel like you'd uh be more comfortable with them <laughs> like the last guy went a wall for 2 weeks and turned up in calgary <laughs> And that's what we call the reverse cowgirl. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, um, if we were to put this on a scale of high school teen dramedies, where a one is saved by the bell, where nothing of consequence happens, and a ten is Degrassi, where everything of consequence happens. <laughs> I mean, what hasn't happened to that school? They've tried to burn it down once. No, it burned down once. I think there have been three attempts. Three attempts, one success. <laughs> One out of three ain't bad. <laughs> and actually, I think it was only the first attempt that succeeded, so all the other ones are like, hey, we've learned. Yeah. I think... Hmm. But I feel like good. this would be a three. Yeah. Because, like, they'll still deal with issues of growing up, but, like... It's low-impact stuff? Yeah. There's not gonna be a Tisha's abortion episode. <laughs> oh... Not, I'm not saying that that kind of stuff shouldn't be on teen dramas, it's just like specifically with the Weekenders, which ideally would still be animated. Yeah. Look, we're not interested in dark and edgy Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, I think, let's let's put this at a 16 level, because 16 also dealt with like real teen stuff going on, but not yeah. like real, real teen stuff going on, you know what I mean? Yeah. 16 was the kind of show where they never said which people were hooking up behind the scenes, but you could tell. Yeah, everybody fucked, um, and they weren't too grossed out with period stuff either. Yeah. Which would also be a thing. So if if we had a period episode, it wouldn't be like, ew, you got your period, yeah, or oh no, I've gotten my first period, now I'm a woman. It's like- I feel like um, it would be something like, a girl Carver is dating is on her period, and he's trying to be the attentive boyfriend, and gets almost like, he overcompensates- yeah, <laughs> he has too many things. It's like, look, I appreciate you going to the pharmacy to get grab me some tampons, but like, this is a bit much, and it's like a full basket. <laughs> and with a teddy bear? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he like rents a, a fucking chocolate fondue fountain <laughs> for her. <laughs> like, listen, I know you said to back down, but I read online that girls on their periods like chocolate. So I got you this thing, and you can put whatever you want in it, it's gonna be great. <laughs> Uh, and he's probably on Twitter reading all of the shit. Like, a lot of women do hide how much pain they're in, but not every woman has, like, a nightmare. Or not every person who has a period has a nightmare period. Yeah. Also, I found... I have found that mine is, has changed over time. I'm not going to be too TMI, but, like, it was bad when I first got it. Now it's, like, an hour of pain and three days of bleeding. Carver's the kind of guy who would, like, buy 70 boxes of tampons for his girlfriend, <laughs> and then after the fact, accidentally find out about chocolate so toxic shock syndrome. Oh, God. <laughs> Shout, oh, God, I've killed her, and run to buy 70 boxes of pads. <laughs> Which, like, both are appreciated, but, like, stop overdoing it. Uh, <laughs> so, there's that, um... Season two with the driving, um, who's gonna, uh, you know what, Tina's gonna be the high-strung one who is, like, almost too nervous to drive. Who's gonna be the surprise, like, expert driver? Um, actually, I, I think it makes sense if Tina was a surprise expert. Okay. And then I think Lore should be the one who thinks she's gonna be great, but then it turns out she's, like, all she, the, the only driving experience she has is Forza, basically. So she has a lead foot. Okay. <laughs> 
Leadfoot very aggressive. <laughs> Constantly on the freaking horn, and it's just... Look, living in Ontario for two years made me really fucking hate the horn. Yeah, I fucking hate it. Because, like, any minor inconvenience for an Ontario or Quebec driver, and they're immediately on that horn. Pedestrians existing? Fuck that shit. Yeah. I think I've only honked at a person like three times in my life, and it's because so often I'm so caught off guard by someone doing something actually stupid on the road. Yeah. I haven't had reason to use the horn, but like, I feel like I'm more likely to use it to get a deer to get across the road faster. Oh yeah, I did. I have definitely honked at a bird. Yeah. Because birds are- (laughs) There There was a crow. There was a crow just, like, chilling in the middle of the road, and fortunately, I was on a suburban road, so it wasn't holding up traffic or anything, but, like, I'm slowing down, slowing down, and it's not moving, and, like, pecks at the ground, and I honk, and it just looks at me, <laughs> and I lean out my window, like, sir, or madam, please? Get off the road. Oh, the geese are like that, too. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to honk at the geese, because they might take that as a, a threat. <laughs> <laughs> as a challenge. <laughs> yeah, as a challenge. <laughs> uh, at least deer are dumb enough that they're going to listen to it. You know, ever ever since lockdown and stuff, a lot of people are taking walks, um, completely like missing the point of lockdown, because I will see large groups of people like stop and move over the rocks and congregate in the middle of a path, none of them wearing masks. But there's so many people out now, and I guess the local geese have just gotten used to it because these people, who, I guess they've never been outdoors in Canada whatsoever because they just stroll right through a flock of them. But at this point, the geese, I guess the geese are just like, you're really doing this? Okay, we're not going to attack you because if you're just walking directly at us, clearly you've got something on us. (laughs) Yeah, because geese can take down planes. See, the geese can smell fear, and these people are too stupid to fear the geese. (laughs) (laughs) I nearly had a panic attack around the geese, because, yeah, there were so many of them. I was walking around Wiscana Park one day. I swear, the entire lake's worth of fucking geese were there. And I'm like, okay, I have to get to the other side of you guys, but you won't move. And I... Don't want to be attacked because I know that you can fuck me up and ah, so I did a big loop around them. <laughs> Just Canada things. Yeah. So, okay, Tina's going to be the, su- the surprise driver. Lore will be the too aggressive driver. T- I feel like Tish would be the one who's super careful because she, like, did all the research beforehand. Yeah. And then the most normal driver, probably Carver. Yeah. It probably starts with that like, Carver already has his learner's permit. Yeah. And he's like, now you guys should get it too, because like, I'm not going to be the one who's driving all of you around all the time. Mm-hmm. At least they live in vaguely California, so they don't have to deal with too much weird weather. Not like here, where we have ice! Yeah. Yay. I'm also thinking, speaking of Carver, there should there should definitely be black writers on the staff. I don't know if there were or were not any on the weekenders, hmm. but I feel like the only thing that got close, because, Car- again, Carver's the only black member of the main cast, and I feel like the only thing that got close to something about black culture is Carver owned a lot of shoes. But even then, that's not... That is more just a, a blanket straight cis man thing. 
is yeah, shoes. Yeah, Ryan. Boys love their shoes. <laughs> Your shoes! I barely have any shoes compared to you. God <laughs> damn it. I don't, I don't know why that gets associated with black men so often, because it really is just all the men. Yeah. <laughs> like, Ryan takes up a full rack. Tino doesn't care about shoes, and that's another reason why he's gay. Yeah. <laughs> he's pulling out more shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Ryan in the background doing a full pokey rap on how many shoes he has. <laughs> Uh, I shouldn't be so hard on Ryan. He did work at a Foot Locker for a bit, so. That was just enabling him. Yeah. <laughs> Carver gets a job at the shoe store. Yes. Vaguely not Foot Locker. <laughs> F- feet, 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 cubby. <laughs> feet hole. Or whatever store uh, Jen worked at in 16. The sports store. Uh, the penalty box. Yeah, the penalty box. God, for Weekender 16 crossover arc. Yes. The animation styles would clash so much, the kids in 16 don't have outlines. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, for new locations, because middle school is different from high school. And also, will there be a mall? Yeah, well, they went to the mall in middle school, too. Okay. I, I don't really... So that's remember. the thing, is that middle school is different from high school unless you live in California. Okay. Which, at this, like, I've never been to L.A., but I'm pretty sure they still go by the rules of free-range children. Yeah. The free-range is dependent on the, on the parents. Yeah. And the suburb. Again, Ryan and I had farm parents, one of whom is technically a baby boomer, even though he missed most of the typical baby boomer stuff. And uh, we were basically given... Way too much freedom as children. You guys didn't go hang out at the mall because you were in the farm. <laughs> you were in the wilderness. There was no mall. Oh, there was a mall, but it was one of those dying malls that was like, half of the lights were out. Oh, I love those. <laughs> I think like the few active stores were like a San Francisco's, a locally owned uh, CD album store. And the Walmart. And an Orange Julius before, like, that got combined with uh, Dairy Queen. Yeah. What would Tish do? Is Tish by? She's you, so probably. Yeah. Uh, she was probably doing a whole Shakespeare thing and realized, oh, no, she was probably watching some historical drama just like me and realized the main actress playing some queen who was taking her clothes off all the time and she's just like, <sighs> Yeah, I'm bi. Listen, if you're a bisexual librarian woman, you were either turned bisexual by Natalie Dorner or Sarah Bolger. Yeah. And in the Sarah latter Bolger case, didn't even take off her clothes. That was entirely Natalie Dormer. No, because with Sarah Bolger, it's not it's not just that she's attractive, it's also because you get very passionate about how she needs to be in more roles that let her like full the full extent of her range. And yes. you mistake that passion for like just being a, a film critic and then eventually like, oh no, I just want her to kiss me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see. That's that, that's all the characters. Well, it's- we haven't really given Lore much to do other than, like... Being bad at driving? Being bad at driving, yeah. Because, like, she's the 
typical tomboy. Yeah. And, like, I don't want to go down the route of, oh, she discovers that she's kind of girly. It's like, no, maybe... Maybe something to do with her gender? Yeah. I think there was one episode where uh, she tried to be more girly to impress someone and it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at no point would Lore be getting more girly. either. You, you could either say that Lore is, uh, was assigned male at birth, or you, she's, her tomboy just went to the point of, actually, I'm non-binary, or actually, I'm, tr- I'm trans male, or I'm trans masculine. Yeah. Yeah, so... Gender! see okay maybe this was a bad idea just because it is one of those series that it's it was so good from the get-go that it is hard to build on it without Mm -hmm. like writing spec scripts essentially yeah like i think the doing a continuation of the weekenders does like in high school does open up narrative doors that weren't available to a middle school setting but, like, it's mostly just, like, slightly more mature, they get a bit more freedom, a bit of a longer leash to do stuff, but they're still fairly safe. Yeah. You know, another idea just occurred to me is instead of a full series, it could be, like, a sequel movie hmm. where they all go on a trip together or something before they start high school. Okay. And like, then that's where um, Tino comes out? <laughs> yeah, they go on, like, well, what's the usual trips school trips there's the skiing trip the water park trip the band trip or like some sort of i guess cross state lines trip the euro euro trip in middle Um, school yeah euro trip might be a bit too early for that euro trip's more of a high school thing they might go to somewhere cheap in the caribbean yeah that makes sense like i'm thinking one of them they they win a a contest to go on a trip they, they, they can go to a fancy resort, and it's also to see their favorite brand, Chum Bucket. Yes. <laughs> and that's where they find themselves, or at least find their teen selves, because there's so much more growing to do. I was checking if TV Tropes had a Hoye section, and they don't. But they do have a, shit, a shipmate section, <laughs> where uh, in one episode, Tish suggests the pairings of Tino, Tasha, Carver, Moira, Lore Thompson, and herself, Bluke. <laughs> <laughs> Bluke was the odd child. Bluke, Bluke and, and Francis. Francis. Bluke, Bluke was a very nice chubby boy who's not too bright, but he is really good at like close-up magic. Yeah. Francis likes pointy things. Yeah. Let's say that Francis just kind of swan dives into Kruskoff. <laughs> For what high school comes around and Francis has turned into a full goth. <laughs> There's also a pair of cool kids called Colby and Bree, and at no point did TV Tros realize that they're both named after Cheese. Oh, yeah. I wonder if they would still be, like, in the same group together, or... Probably, like, I mean, I, I go, they're not cool kids as in, like, super popular preppy. They are, like, hipsters. <laughs> yeah, basically. Like, the, they were hipsters just when the hipsters was becoming an actual pop culture thing. Yeah. Um, on the Weekenders wiki, under likes, it's listed anything cool, leaning against things, <laughs> such as walls, <laughs> fences, and trees, and mocking those beneath them. Uh, they were the first to start listening to, like, Belle and Sebastian, uh, 
Like anything on Pitchfork. Yeah. And we're kind of obnoxious about it. There'll probably be an episode where, oh, oh no, I've got it. The the sequel movie is uh, Tino's mom and Dixon's destination wedding. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, it just so <laughs> happens that Luke and Francis are there as well. Yes. Oh, where would they go? The Rockies. Yeah. Get married at a ski resort. Aspen. Or Jackson Hole. Or up somewhere around Washington. Any one of those ski resorts where likely Robert Redford's gonna be. <laughs> He's the guy who made Sundance a thing. So yeah, the animators can go like full bore on scenic beauty of the scenic beauty of the area because it is gorgeous! <laughs> and I'm not just saying this because I'm into volcanology and I love myself some Yellowstone National Park. <laughs> I was so happy to see Old Faithful. So yeah, we can have some fun on, depending on the season, they're either doing like skiing and snowboarding or it's like bike trails and horse riding. Yeah. yeah I, I just do love the... <laughs> I'd, I would like the irony of, well, I mean, yeah, I guess if it's summer, they wouldn't be super snowy. Yeah. You have to go what really are super snowy? What if, what if they go to the Swiss Alps? <laughs> oh, God. Then it's pretty snowy. Yeah, and one of them has to be freaking loaded. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Switzerland Listen, is expensive, I'm... but, 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 because once in a while I am like, I look at places where you can elope for cheap. Uh, Slovenia. Actually, really cheap. Same with Slovakia. That's the old country! Yeah! <laughs> no, because Pish's parents are vaguely Balkan. <laughs> the, the, so, so, Tino, Tino's, so Mrs. Tonatini and Dixon. Oh, we'll give Tino's mom a name, too. Because yeah. I don't think she ever got a first name. Oh, let's see. She's probably born sometime in, like, the late 60s. And it probably starts with a T because of alliteration. Yeah. Tiffany? Yeah. Tiffany Tonatini. Tiffany Tonatini, yes. So the marriage of Tiffany and Dixon, and they want to do a destination wedding, but they don't know if they can afford it. And then Tish's parents are like, nonsense, we can take you to family cabin in Slovenia Alps. (laughs) (laughs) You will get married in old country, traditional wedding, while skiing and being chased by beer. (laughs) Would Sokovia work? No, it was vaporized. Oh, yeah. Fuck! Disney owns Sokovia! <laughs> and because they own most of the Fox properties, too. Or, wait, who owns uh, Fantastic Four? Now, it's Disney now. Okay. So, maybe Latveria. they're... From <laughs> We will pull strings! Dr. Doom will officiate your wedding! <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine Doom <laughs> officiating a wedding? Yes, I can because <laughs> I feel like it's ha- has <laughs> Doctor Doom ever officiated a wedding. <laughs> so Doctor Doom has not officiated a wedding. But the rapper MF Doom is. <laughs> and, you know, listen, just because Dr. Doom hasn't officiated a wedding doesn't mean that he wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> if you asked him, 
He'd mean, be like, Ross, of course I will officiate the wedding. Doom can do all things! <laughs> and he's involved with, like, every aspect of Latvian life anyway, so... Yeah. Frickin', if Nico and Carolina ever get married, their wedding will probably be officiated by the Doombot. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is a good question. Would it be, like, actual Doctor Doom officiating, or would it be a Doombot? <laughs> I don't, I don't know anymore. You know, you know the Doombot I'm referring to isn't any normal Doombot. He's the Doombot that, like, got got a restraining chip attached to him by Hank Pym, and so now he's technically an Avenger. Uh, he's best friends with Victor Mancha, and he simultaneously knows he's a Doombot and believes he's the real Doom, and he has no problem with that. <laughs> oh, God. I love comics. Remember when we started off saying, hey, Weekenders is just slice of life. There's no weird shit going on. (laughs) (laughs) It's drifted over. Oh, yeah, the Weekenders is now part of the Marvel Universe. Uh, The pizza parlor opens a new location (laughs) at the ski resort. Yes. I feel like we've, we've lost track of what we're doing. The Weekenders. It's a good show, you should watch it. Is it on... Actually, I should check. Is The Weekenders on Disney Plus? Uh, the first two seasons are scheduled to be added shortly. Okay. And this is from last November, so it's pro- they're probably on there by now. Yeah. You know, I bet you could find all The Weekenders on YouTube, too. Yeah, that's true. Yes, you can. Okay. So, if it's not on Disney Plus, just watch it on YouTube. Yeah. Um, Alright, I think I've taken this as far as I can. That's fair. We're pretty close to an hour anyway. Awesome. Uh, so in that case, let's head on down to the new restaurant that's themed after friendship promos. Yay. Good morning, Agent Phillips. In a time when things are at their bleak, a terrorist could shut down airport control towers or nuclear power plants when villains threaten every corner of the globe. Some of the most <laughs> dangerous people in the world. Only one man has the skills, the wit, and the talent to save us all. The greatest man who ever lived. Secret Agent Chet Phillips. Chet Phillips. Where is Chet Phillips? You know what? Nope. 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 I don't even want to hear the rest. For the first time in agency history, Agent Phillips has declined a mission. Yes! Mission rejected. The adventures of the world's most secret agents. The backups. Skip Granger, master of the code word. Why don't blind people go skydiving? Because it frightens the dog. Mackenzie McGrath, computer genius and identity thief. I'd also like to just point out that my part in your plan seems to be to use $5 million worth of -of state-of-the-art equipment to change a postage stamp. Bowden Moncrief, actor and master impersonator. You know, I heard from my agent that they're interested in me for the 12th Angry Man at the Don Rickles Dinner Arena. Gloria former White House intern. Do you see the tiny dots on the coffee cups? It's a ternary code I invented. This one's Earl Grey with half and half. When the hero doesn't want to help, they're the world's only hope. Any questions? Uh, yes. Are these assignments gonna just keep getting more and more terrible? Mission Rejected is a monthly full-cast comedy adventure. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Lindsay, where can you be found on the internet? 
I can be found on Twitter at LindsayM476. That's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart, and you can find me on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for not if I beat you first, and they're pronounced I like pointy things, yay, yay, yay. I like pointy things, yay, yay, yay. Okay. <laughs> you can also email us at notifyabitufirst.com. That is where you could send a friendship promo if you want us to promote whatever you want. You can send us an audio clip or you can send us a proof for us to read and we'll spread the word for you for free because we love promoting stuff. You could also send us a request to be a guest if you're so interested. Though if you do, make sure and just make sure you send us a hint instead of the entire idea because we like being surprised. Or you can simply send us a comment, critique, or criticism, or your favorite pizza place theme. Um, and if you want it to be something that it's okay for us to read, put okay to read in the subject line. We have a Patreon that you should not donate to because there are much more important things to donate to, like bail funds and people's personal GoFundMes and all that jazz. But since we do have some Patreons, we do want to give another shout out. So we would like to thank Charlie, Cassidy, Christina, Jenny, and Julia. Thank you all. And if you want to support us without giving money, then you can definitely rate us and review us on your podcatcher of choice. And if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then contact me and I'll try and get us in there. Not If I Reboot You First is a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can find out more about the other awesome shows we share the network with at CornerPodNet on Twitter. And last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex, a.k.a. Pachoo, and her work can be found on ptchew.com. Our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own. Also, thank you again, Sean and Alex, for providing your voices for the musical outro from last week's 100th episode. That turned out really great. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, next week, we go into, we, we continue our anniversary thing, we escape the weird limbo that this one episode was, and we go back into anniversary celebrations, because next week is a Q&A! Yay! You By the time this episode out comes out... The... <laughs> go ahead. You get to find out all the interesting stuff about us. Yes. By the time this episode comes out, we will have already recorded the Q&A episode, so... I mean, you can still send us questions, but we won't be answering them on the episode. We'll have to answer them on Twitter. Or again, you can send us uh, them to us in an email and put OK to read in the subject line and we'll read them and answer them on the podcast itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, that's it for this week. Uh, we'll see you next week, but not if we reboot you first. Bye. Later days.